Welcome to How Not to DM, where we interview the very best dungeon masters on this plane of existence. I'm your host, Derek. Today, I'm talking with Shadane and Allie, two DMs from Florida who have been working together for a few years now on their publishing company, Bramblebush Books, and also on their D&D game, which involves 20 plus players and a unique style of play. They have some great insight on common mistakes new DMs make and how communication helps the game be relevant for all of your players. Uh, hi, I'm Ali. I am the CoDM. I tend to mostly manage the people in the server, make sure things are running smoothly, make sure Shadane is getting the stuff done that needs to be done, managing him, making sure he's getting enough sleep, all the good stuff. Uh, I'm also an artist, and I come up with a lot of the ideas for different animals and how different magical creatures would interact with the world. Uh, I work with animals, so it kind of comes naturally to me. And uh, generally just kind of a force of nature. <laughs> That's awesome. And Shadane. Uh, yeah, Shadane Barrett here. Uh, I'm at Bramblebee Books on uh, Twitter. Uh, also, I'm the uh, founder of uh, Bramblebush Books, uh, a uh, company that's going to be dealing with making uh, third-party content for Dungeons and Dragons for all you players and DMs out there. Uh, on the server, I am the resident uh, DM. Uh, the uh, aside from Ali, like the only uh, DM on there, which is unique uh, in the case of Westmarchers, which generally have uh, many of them, and as uh, pertains to uh, this uh, Westmarchers style of play. Uh, yeah, I'm the one who uh, manages, like, runs the sessions, manages a lot of the prep, uh, and makes a lot of the content that uh, the players end up uh, interacting with. Uh, it's incredible. I, I, th I thoroughly enjoy it. And honestly, I, I can't imagine going back and playing uh, a, a basic uh, standard type of a uh, game i fully intend to but it's going to be a transition period when i uh eventually go back but yeah yeah you're you're really looking for some converts all right <laughs> so uh tell us a little bit about uh how both of you got into D D initially uh you know was it playing with friends was it family was it uh shows online i started with a few of my friends uh one of my friends really got me into it and she had a whole group, and we all met up, started playing his homebrew world that he had. Uh, I played the stereotypical tabaxi rogue with uh, sticky hands, you know, chaotic neutral, the good stuff, good classic <laughs> things. And uh, I got super hooked, and after playing in some less than stellar games, I started my own. After I think I played for about eight months before I started uh, DMing in a homebrew world, so you know, dive right in. You gotta. And oh. Shadane, what about you? Oh boy, uh, unlike uh, my dear friend uh, and partner Allie here, uh, I jumped straight in to Dungeons Dragons as a uh, DM. I've always like knew about Dungeons and Dragons at like, a conceptual level, pop culture and everything. Uh, has like installed it. I knew it was like uh, a game that existed out there, but I only really did, uh, took the plunge after I ended up uh, 
quitting uh, my job and suddenly had a lot of free time on my hands. Uh, and around the time uh, it was like early 2018, late 2017, uh, around the time. And so d d YouTube had exploded. You had guys like SP Level 3, Rune Smith, uh, Davy Tappy uh, even. And so I had like a lot of ways of being immersed into it and kind of got a hand of like some of the mechanics and everything. It was like, wow, I could probably win a game in this. Uh, and so I decided to take the full plunge uh, using a whole different online resources to kind of help me out, kind uh, to wrap my head around the game mechanics. I have a, a special place in my heart for all the different websites that are like hosting the SRD because I didn't have any of the books or anything. Uh, when I eventually wrangled a group of my friends together and uh, got them to play uh, D&D uh, with me as uh, their DM uh, when I was little, I uh, wrote a lot. It, the only issue was I never really had a solid uh, interest that kind of allowed me to extrapolate and kind of improve and advance uh, my writing. The closest thing that came were uh, like written text RPs between uh, me and my friends at the time. Uh, but when mm -hmm. I took, uh, when I finally got into uh, Dungeons & Dragons, uh, it just kind of clicked. It held my interest like nothing uh, ever did and was a really amazing creative outlet for me. Uh, and so I would spend a lot of time prepping for like my first campaign that I was uh, running at the time and writing like tons I have so many Google documents uh, like dedicated to like the lore uh, and like other mechanics, bygone uh, <laughs> uh, subclasses and other homebrew that are admittedly in hindsight, not all that awesome. I might go back <laughs> and take a second stab at them. Uh, they may just remain forever in the graveyard of uh, as casualties of me getting better. Uh, but when it comes to like the uh, design portion of it, I just view that as well as like, another form of uh, creative expression and also like problem solving. Cause a lot of the time uh, my concepts that I uh, come, come across um, when I'm trying to like make a new subclass or magic or anything, it's a situation of, okay, how can I fulfill this concept in play in like a satisfying, fulfilling way mechanically? And while also making sure that it's uh, balanced and evocative and satisfying for like the players to interact with. A lot of my the inspiration comes from situations where I like see another uh, DM or game designer and take a crack at a concept and I like look at him and it's like, oh, I wonder how I would do it. And then I would then go and spend the next hour and a half of my life making a uh, my own version of uh, tackling the similar concept. Sometimes my inspiration comes from the North Arcana when I see it and just get filled with rage. <laughs> oh, and, and you just feel like you can do it better. That makes sense. Well, yeah. Uh, currently, the one that is uh, that the first release, the Way of Tranquility Monk, uh, Wizards actually release uh, a version of it uh, previously in North Arcana. Uh, eventually, through uh, places and everything, it became what is now the uh, Way of Mercy Monk, which, uh, in my opinion, 101% better than the uh, um, Way of Tranquility that they released in the Arcana. Uh, but it does it did stray away from the concept that they originally were going after, uh, which was basically a monk that uh, dealt more so in peaceful dealings and healing rather than 
uh, bare knuckles combat. Uh, and so uh, I, uh, in creating uh, The Weird Tranquility Monk for Brown Bush Books, uh, tried to stay true to that original uh, conceit of it. Yeah, I, I really liked reading through that. And um, to your point, I feel like you definitely did that kind of archetype justice. Uh, what about you, Allie? Oh, sorry. Yeah, what about you, Allie? Uh, I've always liked making stuff. I've always drawn, and I've always focused more on drawing uh, more animals. I've always sucked at drawing people. And a few years ago, I guess it must be like almost four years ago now, I drew a few spreads of like in-depth analysis on how dragons would work biologically, anatomical, all that fun stuff. And I never like, I, I kind of thought about like, oh, maybe I should like do something with this, but never really did. And then I showed Shadane them I'm like, oh yeah, I did this whole thing. Cause he was talking about uh, wanting to do something with D&D and he fell in love. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we have this whole thing called Draconum now that are like dragon adjacent. And I get to have full reign with those. And I love just creating fun, different creatures and monsters. And I tend to just love the storytelling aspect of showing what's going on in a world by the culture that you see. Like I have another doc that's just only very specific drow culture things. And uh, me and Shadane had a whole thing about the uh, marriage customs of drows versus uh, high elves mm. and like all that sort of stuff. I love just the in-depth look at culture and things because I grew up in the intersection of three cultures or more likely four because there's uh, Puerto Rican, Mexican, New York, and then just South Florida. Yeah. And so always been interested in seeing how those all connect, where th- different things come from. And I love seeing it all. Yeah, that, that's quite the mix, and uh, I'm sure that brings you a lot of interesting perspectives to your to writing too. Uh, all right, so you both uh, mentioned Bramble Bush Books. Talk to us uh, about what that is, and you know, kind of your vision for what you want it to become. Oh boy, uh, Bramble Bush Books is a company created by myself and my wonderful co-DM uh, Ali here. Uh, much like how you mentioned, the idea for the company. Uh, did come up uh, at one of our sessions where he sh- showed me uh, his book full of all of these anatomically correct dragons. And we're just like, we should totally like make a, like collaborate and making a book, you making like the uh, drawings of like the anatomy everything. And I'll like focus on making the like mechanics and the stat blocks uh, for them. And we can, like work together on that. Uh, but that original idea has uh, since spiraled and grown to like the creative upstart that it currently uh, exists. At present, uh, we are currently working towards uh, the release of a supplement called The Adventurer's Almanac, uh, where each issue of it will feature uh, 26 entries based on uh, the lore of of the uh, Baron Bush campaign setting, which is Abraxas. Uh, It will include monsters, magic items, locations, NPCs, plenty of like lore and cultural uh, things that DMs can uh, take in and use in their own worlds, as well as mechanics for both DMs uh, and players. Uh, currently, the plan is to have each of the issues be released in full on Patreon, uh, but I have a special place in my heart for the like free uh, sharing of information and resources, especially for DMs and players, uh, since I got into the game 
for like a good three to four months was only using online free resources. And I kind of want to pay forward that by uh, every week we release something for free on like all of our socials uh, that uh, other DMs and players can use as resources. If we can one day move that up to uh, being a, a daily release of free content, I will absolutely uh, take for right now, uh, kind of keeping things geared towards uh, achievable goals. Uh, another very long distance ambitious goal is like at one uh, point to be able to release uh, a year's worth of issues uh, in one hardcover uh, edition and have that be like a yearly release that will have like additional mechanics and uh, entries within it. But that's like a lofty goal and we have like a lot to learn and achieve before we're able to get there. But if we are able to do it, it'll be well worth it. Yeah, that sounds like a really cool goal. And now a word from our sponsor. If you've been thinking about getting into the podcasting game, but don't have a large budget or a ton of industry expertise already, Anchor.fm is a great place to get started. Why use Anchor? It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms. And you can start monetizing your show immediately with no minimum audience size or reach. Anchor really is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Let's get back to the show. Let's uh, let's go on to the next question then, uh, and we'll start with you, Ali. What was your first experience DMing like? Uh, what kind of adventure were you running, and uh, tell us how it went. So I I dived in deep end. I made a homebrew world, an archipelago full of magical creatures, because of course I love the magical creatures and thinking about how that all interacts. Mm-hmm. And I started with a couple of my like close friends, and just like, hey, I want to try DMing. You guys want to hop in? I ended up with a group of only tieflings, <laughs> one of which was a homebrew tiefling cross. So it was tiefling and siren. So I had two tieflings and a tiefling siren that were all running around working for this queen who turned out to be evil and draining all the peasants of blood to use for or to prevent famine and stuff like that. And it went well. I learned a lot. I learned a lot of what to do and what not to do, how to actually properly direct the players. And it was all a very, like, fun, like, low-key campaign different. So now they're actively working against the queen. And it's like, oh, no, but now they have to work for the queen, but they don't want to, and it's a whole thing. Yeah. Intrigue, confusion, uh, and a lot of content. It's It's been great. All right, Shadane, your first experience. Oh, boy. Uh, as I mentioned uh, previously, my first game was as a DM uh, with, uh, at a table with a bunch of friends that I managed to humor into uh, playing along with my new obsession. Uh, it started as a homebrew one-shot, uh, but it eventually became uh, what is Abraxas, the uh, campaign setting uh, that the West March takes place in. Uh, I apparently done a decent enough job because my friends were pretty hooked uh, and expanded the campaign uh, beyond that simple one shot into a uh, uh, like a proper uh, wide uh, standard campaign. Uh, conversations that we would end up like having just about the game as we're just like hanging out would end up seamlessly transitioning into impromptu sessions. 
And so it wasn't uncommon for us to just be hanging out. And then we're just like, oh, I want to like go and uh, talk to the, the Enchanter. Like, I'm definitely going to be doing that next session. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I also might like be doing this. And it's like, we just do that right now. And we just would. Walk us through some of your your most memorable mistakes you've made at the table. And, uh, and you know, maybe how you could have prevented them. Oh, boy. I let my players have a little bit too much rain, <laughs> too much freedom. Uh, I didn't give them enough direction at one point, which led to an entire session of just them detailing their morning. Since I tend to let my players like have a lot of control over what they're doing and when, and I give them how the world reacts. I let them interact with the world, but they drive it forward. And uh, I didn't give them enough direction in that case. And... We wasted four hours on an in-game one hour. And so now I give them a little bit more direction. I tend to, st I steer them. I don't railroad them. I steer them yeah. like, hey, this is what's going on over here. Let's, let's keep it moving. Powerful pacing lesson then. Yeah. Shadane, what about you? It was all like rooted in basically a, a lack of proper communication. In its growth, it, the campaign that was running took on a bit of a different atmosphere. Things grew, like, gradually. The states kind of grew higher. And while I believe that uh, it was only, like, natural for it, uh, for campaigns to, like, progress from, like, up more lighthearted to more dire situations, I had never really touched base. Uh, and after the arc itself ended in a rather climactic uh, event, uh, a hiatus was had so that I could properly uh, plan and get ready for the uh, next part of the uh, campaign. The night the campaign was uh, to restart, only three of my then seven players were sat at the table. I, I kind of read the writing on the wall. It wasn't until like later that I ended up finding out the situation when it uh, came to the other four players that they were feeling burnt out and preferred the more lighthearted direction the campaign previously had. I enjoyed like a solid month of preparation in between the first arc and like the beginning of the second, but I made the biggest flaw because I didn't properly communicate or like ask them uh, how like they were liking to a direction or approach or like gauge their emotion towards it throughout that time of me uh, doing that prep. And if I had, I probably would have been able to prevent a rather dreadful experience. Yeah, it's kind of a an eternal struggle between the players and the DM, right? The DM has a story they might want to tell or think sounds compelling, but it might not be the story that the players want to play through or, you know, the things they want to pursue. So it's it's always important to strike that balance. Walk us through what a West Marches style campaign is and, you know, what it's good for, maybe what it's not good at, and why you really enjoy it. So before Shadane explains how... Uh, unorthodox ours is, I'm going to give the more typical West March, which I believe one of my previous DMs ran one, where you'll have a couple DMs and what amounts to a one-shot, where it's basically self-contained little uh, mission, maybe two sessions, just to kind of do one little mission here with a small group of players out of a big pool to kind of just get your D&D fix in. We run a very different one, which Shane will explain that's a lot uh, more like a typical campaign split into different groups in a huge world that can interact yeah. with each other. 
So, for instance, you could set up a game that's like working for a, a guild of some kind, and whoever shows up, you do a job for the guild that night, and then um, you, you don't have to have the same players there for story continuity next time. That's that's kind of yeah. the idea. And yeah, so you could have a quest board on the local tavern. It's like, oh, rats in the cellar, or cultists, or all those little kind of quests, or maybe there's a, a goblin bro that keeps robbing people, like that sort of thing. That it's mm -hmm. very, it's not large and overarching. And you could have the, like, I think a lot of school D&D groups run what amounts to Westmarch, where you play with whoever's there. Yeah. You don't need a set cast, and it's not very story heavy. All right. So what makes your game different than that? Oh, even? boy. Uh, <laughs> when I originally watched the uh, Matt Cole video, where he was like detailing uh, Westmarch, the thing that really took me and kind of made me want to attempt it was the idea that it was completely player driven like their own desires uh, and what they wanted to achieve within the game world guided the progression and the, the flow of the campaign. And that's kind of the seed that I planted to originally grow uh, what the campaign currently is. Uh, another thing that's like different from the uh, typical West March is the fact that an overarching story does exist in a sense. Like the world is consistent and it has things going on in it that the players will interact with, but the key focus and the drive for the progression of the story isn't like the overarching story with the world, but each character's own individual uh, stories that intertwine and uh, like mix, mingle, meet, uh, and like uh, butt heads. And that flow of these 20 plus uh, player characters existing within one world, all having their own uh, ends that they're trying to achieve, but doing so uh, in like the same concurrent uh, world and setting is what kind of births a lot of situations you wouldn't see in uh, a uh, typical uh, campaign. Yeah, that, that does sound very unique. Uh, I know you mentioned... Um, to me, while we were talking about setting up this interview, you are always looking for or welcome to new players joining in. So we'll have to make sure to tell everyone how they can find you guys oh, yeah. at the end here. What are some of your favorite moments that have happened in games that you've been players in or have been running? Uh, it could be combat, it could be role play, it could be improv. Uh, you know, what are some of the, the, the best moments that you can think of? God, there's so many. Oh, man. <laughs> We've had... We've had so many fun, interesting, dramatic, high-tension moments that should be just cinematic. They need to be movies. It's the moments where the situations have been properly aligned. And then, like, whether it's uh, the introduction of the situation or the aftermath of it, where the players have had, like, uh, now have free reign over the situation and are just interacting as, like, their characters are just interacting uh, with it and kind of, uh, and with, uh, with it and each other. And I, as a DM, just get to stand back, kind of 
take off my DMing hat for a hot second and just watch as they kind of process and deal with the situation, have like a proper conversation, heart to hearts, uh, in moments where you get like genuine like connection between uh, the characters and the atmosphere around you could just cut with uh, an intention, you could cut with a knife. Like those moments are what I like live for. Yeah, I I love the way you described that. Um, to me, it's it's like I'm a fly on the wall of of a movie that I helped produce, but like didn't write. I have a perfect analogy for it. It's it's entirely like being a director. The the greatest moments for directors are when they just get to sit back and just bask in the glory of it and just like cut print we're done that's it that's the take we're using those are the like the moments where i feel i've like achieved greatness as a dm i always view dming as you're a player too you just have a different Mm -hmm. role just because you're a dm doesn't mean you're not supposed to have fun you're not you're not the all-powerful god even though that's how a lot of people like to think of it you're a player too you're just also you have the meta knowledge behind it. You're you are the fourth wall. Your job is to help your players along in the story that you guys are creating together. And so I just enjoy those little things. I enjoy the RP. I enjoy seeing the players interact with different things. I enjoy seeing them have fun. And I also enjoy participating in it. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and wrap up then with your parting words of wisdom and encouragement for new and aspiring DMs. If you could give, you know, all of those DMs out there one piece of really good advice that you've learned, what would it be? Talk to your players. Talk to your players. Have fun. Don't focus on being the perfect DM. Focus on telling good story and having a good time with your players and making sure everyone at your table has fun. If the people, your if your players are worth playing with, they'll understand a first time DM stumbling over rules or not knowing every single ounce of content. Find yourself some good players and- And have fun. Go for it. I honestly think that's, uh, that's some of the best advice I heard too, right? It was just, yeah. just jump in, get your feet wet, figure it out. No one does it perfectly, and everyone's always learning. So that was uh, that was probably the best advice I heard, too. Well, thank you both for joining me uh, this evening. I've really enjoyed our chat. I can tell you both have a lot of passion for what you do, and uh, and I love talking to people who are passionate about their projects and about, uh, about their hobbies. Uh, so tell us where everyone can find your work. Um, and, you know, if they're interested in, in following uh, your journeys you and, like and joining in on your follow games. Follow book as on into the future to make great awesome content for all you players and dms out there uh you can follow us closely on our social media on uh twitter at bramble b books uh the twitter handle is at bramble b books we'll also uh be dropping a link to our patreon you can also find us on there as uh i believe it's bramble bush books on uh patreon don't quote me on there uh <laughs> But yes, uh, links and everything will also be on our Twitter. So yes. I'll make sure to put those in the blog post as well. Well, thanks both for joining us. And uh, like I said, I'll be posting the the relevant links um, to their work. So you can go ahead and check that out. And uh, yeah, I hope you have a great rest of your night. You too. It's been nice Thanks for listening, viewers. And thank you, Derek, for hosting and having us here. 
Thanks so much for listening to How Not to DM. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review and share the show with your friends and family. For episode guest announcements, links to our Discord community, blog, and social media accounts, visit at HN2DM on Twitter. If there's a DM out there who you think would be cool to hear from on the show, email us at hownottodm at gmail.com and we'll be in touch. Our awesome intro and outro music is by my good friend, Torin. And until next week, roll some Nat 20s for me.